Well, this, this morning, um, looking at Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, and um, the primary message that I was looking at is the, the Mary's uh, song about herself, about the, the birth of Christ. But before we get there, we're going to work our way through uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And um, sometimes we, we have a tendency to place the people in the Bible you know, we look back at them and we have them in some elevated position that they are so far above us and so far above the ordinary that God, that's why God has called them. You know, that they are basically perfect and, you know, they, they live in a perfect environment and they are called by God. Well, as we look at this with Mary and Elizabeth, we begin to see that it, it isn't that at all. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, if we begin to look at this, and it says in one version um, um, that Mary is... um, mercy grace grace's favor on uh, on mary and and the idea is that that there is this favored woman all right now the the understanding of grace the, the meaning of grace is unmerited favor okay so here is mary upon whom the grace of god is bestowed but the grace of god is bestowed on each one of us now, in no way am I saying that we are equal to or we are uh, going to be born. <laughs> so, you know, some of the ladies are going to go out of here and have a virgin birth, you know. It's not going to happen. That's not what we're talking about. But what I am saying is that each of us have an opportunity for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit looks upon us and God has called us that his favor is upon our lives. Now, we would look and say, well, she is highly favored and I'm only favored. Well, no, we are all highly favored as God's children. His grace and his mercy is extended to us. And so as we um, look at this, we can say that the Lord is with us. The favor of God is upon us. And so as with Mary, the Holy Spirit has come upon her. And and what happens with her? (laughs) Confused and disturbed. Now, when God speaks to our lives, sometimes we think of it in the context of, uh, boy, that's unusual. Um, whenever uh, I went, we were, Rhonda and I were married, uh, we went to Maine. <laughs> and uh, her family thought I was confused and disturbed. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she had a teaching job in, in uh, Greensburg, in Jeanette area, I don't remember where, Penn Trafford, that's it. She had a teaching job in Penn Trafford, and I was going to take her to northern Maine where we didn't have anything. So they thought I was confused and disturbed. So sometimes whenever we, whenever we sense God's call upon our life to do something, it may be a little confusing and disturbing. But that doesn't mean that it's not right. It means that the angel could... And the angel came to Mary and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So whenever we are looking at life and we're looking at the, uh, can I say, conflicts or looking at how things are really going to be turned upside down if all this comes to pass. So here we have Mary being in this position where she is highly favored of God, but she is going to also be put in a position 
where she's going to be totally misunderstood. She's going to be totally misunderstood in her society and her husband to whom she is betrothed. How is all this going to work out? And the angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. Okay? So whenever we're looking at God's grace and favor being upon our lives, don't be afraid of God's favor. Don't be afraid of God's grace. Don't be afraid of God's blessing coming to your life. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. (laughs) You see, you have found favor. It means that the angel is letting her know that God's word is going to be in her heart. And later on, she she says, for the the word of God will never fail. So whenever we have this favor, we are looking at God's grace being bestowed upon us and that there is the word of God, which is the promises of God in the scripture, are are birthed in our hearts. They are, there's an impression there about love, about forgiveness, about grace, about mercy, about going forward with life and allowing God to free us from our sins and our failures, that God cleanses us from those things so that we can go forward. And in our future, we do remember. I mean, you know, there's, there's always a past. There's always memories. But the memories are not to be destructive. And so Mary is in this position where the angel is telling her that she has found favor. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, his kingdom will never end. (laughs) That is a real mouthful. (laughs) Because Mary, later, Mary asked the angel, well, how can this be? I am a virgin. So here is this promise given to Mary about how the, the, the Son of God, the Most High, God is going to become man, and he's going to come through you. Now, it is, um, some consider it, um, uh, I mean, almost illogical that God would, become, would come as a baby, you know. Well, if we go backward, and we go backward to before creation, Jesus, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, before creation, before there was ever a fall, Jesus set up that he would be the sacrifice for man's sin. So all of the sin of the world did not stop Jesus from preparing himself to be the sacrifice. So, he determined that he would, and when the fullness of time came, there was a specific time and place in which the Messiah would come. Now, there were Old Testament prophets that said, you know, Isaiah said, behold, a virgin shall conceive, and, you know, and, you know, the child will be born in Bethlehem, and all this was prophetic some 600 years before it happened. There will be a come a time in which the Messiah will come. Well, you have promises that you feel God has in your own heart, you know, that God will help us, God will change us, God will bring this into our life. Well, those are, as it were, the promise of God conceived in our heart. And there is a place and time in which those will come to pass, but what we have to do is to believe in the process when we don't see it. When we are believing for God to do a work in our life and through our life in a way that is going to be an impact for ourselves and for those around us. So, he's, he, you know, here it is that God has consented. 
not only to become a, a child, you know, here we have a child. I mean, it's the most um, vulnerable of any position, any, any place that you would have a baby. And God would become a child so that he could be, go through the growing parts of life to become the man, the, the God-man that would die for our sins. Hmm. How can this be? Well, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You see, the power of the Most High will overshadow. That God's Spirit overshadows everything that's in our life. That the most important thing, my soul doth magnify the Lord, Mary says later. That it's, it is so overshadowing, so overpowering, Mary is allowing the Spirit of God to, to not only cover her life and cover her as a person, but that even her future will be covered by this understanding that the power of the Most High will overshadow you and the baby to be born will be holy. Hmm. The baby to be born will be holy. And later Mary says that you're God my Savior. So here is a person who recognizes her frailty and her sinful nature will give birth to someone, some child that is holy. Hmm. And will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has been, become pregnant in her old age, and people used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in the six months, for the word of God will never fail. I like that little tag there. This is not the main part of my sermon. I'm just kind of trying to move through to the main part. This is the introduction. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. So, <laughs> uh, so we have then... Elizabeth is pregnant, so what's going on is Mary is hearing, from, hearing this from the message from the angel and telling her of a, a miraculous event that has, that, is going, that has taken place in Mary's life that the Spirit, Holy Spirit will be over her and she will conceive, but she also knows that her cousin Elizabeth is, a ba- is having a child and she's too old to have a child. And I'm sure she had to go there and help cheer up her Cousin Elizabeth, because her husband, he couldn't talk because he doubted. <laughs> you know, the, Zacharias, he, the angel came and talked to him, and he says, this can't happen. Okay, then the angel says, you're done. So if any of you can't talk, that will never happen. But anyhow, <laughs> so Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. So we have in this little part, I am the Lord's servant. Mary sees herself in this place of serving God. Now, here she is, a a child, teenager, 13, 15, 14, 16, somewhere in there. And she is betrothed to be married. And she is um, this position in her life. We find that uh, a lowly servant girl Uh, She perhaps, uh, one commentary was talking about how that her family was maybe considered one of the lower parts of the society in which she lived. And then she herself was considered maybe the, the bottom of the pecking order in her family. So Mary is not this highly esteemed woman or child that everybody looks up to. She is this person who in her, in her poverty 
And in her position within the family, she's kind of an outcast. But she doesn't take, her, take on the uh, per- perspective of a victim. She takes on the perspective of a child of God. And she's not allowed in the synagogue. Women aren't allowed in the synagogue. So Mary would have had to, as it were, sit outside the synagogue and listen to the rabbis teach and read the scriptures and to hear about the promises of a Messiah, to hear about the idea that, that they're of, you know, uh, the prophet Isaiah spoke about a virgin conceiving, and they kind of overlooked that part. They wanted the, the uh, Messiah to be like uh, King David, come in and rout the Romans. And so they were very much interested in a Messiah, and they spoke about a Messiah very often because they wanted him to come and deliver them from the Roman occupation. But Mary heard all of these things, and then, because she then talks about them a little later. Well, she, married, she a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, in the town where Zechariah lived, and she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Here's Elizabeth, six months pregnant, you know, and when she hears Mary's greeting, baby John jumps to life inside her womb. Now, I'm not saying the child was dead in her womb, but it was the child was there, and when he heard, when the child heard Mary's greeting, it, came, it was like he came to life and, you know, was banging around in there, let me out. <laughs> Ladies, you might know that. But anyhow, you know, he's wanting out, as it were. And, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit at the word of Mary. This type of language doesn't happen until Acts chapter 2, verse 4, in which the Holy Spirit descends upon those in the upper room. And here's Elizabeth with this tremendous, as it were, surge in her life about, wow, and she, and she goes on to a, uh, a, a cry, a glad cry of exclamation to Mary. God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. So at the very greeting, here is Elizabeth coming to life, You see, inside of us is the word of God. We have accepted it, received Christ into our hearts. And sometimes when we hear certain promises, things kind of jump the life inside of us. There's this this quickening of the spirit inside of our hearts and inside of our lives. God is with me. God is helping me. God will, will, will accomplish this in my life. In Elizabeth, God has blessed you. She just responds, you know, there's no preparation. She didn't send, uh, Mary didn't send Elizabeth a text, hey, I'll be there at about three this afternoon, you know. Um, You know, she arrives at the door and there it is in the greeting and Elizabeth, you know, the spirit comes upon her and why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? Here's a prophetic announcement by by a, a woman who, who has conceived in her old age and her husband can't talk because he, nobody can understand. He went, into the tab, he went into the temple and he came out and he can't talk anymore. Some women would pray for that. Their men would shut up. But uh, <laughs> go to the temple, would you? <laughs> see, if, see if something happens to you. And um, so Elizabeth is, you know, comes forth with this message. 
When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed, and this is, this is I think, the key to all of this. You are blessed because you believed. You are blessed because you believe. It wasn't some great revelation. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believe that God will do what he says. You see, what are the promises? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When that promise comes to life in us, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he says. Mary's response. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. This is Mary's response. She's told that blessed are you among women and you're blessed because you believe. And Mary responds, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. Mary, in this, as it were, perhaps this, and, and the commentary really puts the idea that Mary's family is at the low end of the totem pole, the low end of the social order. And the thought is that it, she was the low part of her family. Just like uh, when, uh, Jesse, when Samuel went to anoint David king at the house of Jesse, and Jesse brings his sons out. Here they are, and Samuel wants to anoint them, and he said... <laughs> None of these are, do you have another one? <laughs> and Jesse goes, oh, we got one out there watching the sheep. <laughs> He's some ruddy kid. Well, go get him. And of course, Samuel anoints him to be king. So you see, our position and who we are as a person, God is the one who looks on the heart. And Mary, she is a woman who is extremely, I think as we read this, you see Mary's heart. My soul praises the Lord. You see, the more we honor God, the more honor God bestows upon us, and the more we honor God again, <laughs> and the more we are placed upon him. Mary was a, a child, a, a, a person who honored God. She didn't see herself as a victim. She saw herself as a child of God. And no matter what the Roman society, no matter what the society of her village, no matter what the, the, the rulings of her family, she saw herself as a very special child of God. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. <laughs> the Holy One inside of her is without sin, but she, she sees the, the child born in her, the child alive in her as being the one who will save her. <laughs> she rejoices in my spirit. So he has, my soul praises the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. This is where we have the idea of the lowly servant girl. This is where we find her being the poor person. Not only are blessed are the poor in spirit for they for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. She's not only recognizing that it's poor spiritually, but the word here, the wording here is more of a poor as is in poverty and maybe even poor in the in the society in the social order even of his of her own family. And then she jumps from that 
for he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Now, <laughs> sometimes we read that and we think, oh, well, Mary's jumped on her high horse. I'm above everybody else. But you know what? Think of it in this context. For our lives, all people will look at your life and they will see the hand of God upon you and will say how blessed you are because of God. That's not a high horse. That is a place of submission to God's authority and God's place in our lives. That all people will look at our life because what, we are, what we've done as individuals, we've allowed the word of God, the living word, the word of Christ, Christ the word made flesh and dwelt among us, when we accept his word into our life, we become alive. That, that is alive and quick and active. And inside of us, it is holy. The word of God is holy. We don't become holy and then put the word of God in us. The word of God comes in, in us and we become holy because it is the Holy One born inside of us, the birth of Christ, the, the forgiveness of sin, that he is alive inside and we become holy not because we wear certain clothes and do certain things to prove that we are holy to everybody else, you know, like the Pharisees, you know, look at me, I'm better than all of you. No, people look at us and they see Christ and seeing Christ in us say, wow, blessed are they <laughs> because they, they see the love of God, the favor of God, the favor of God. You are highly favored you are highly favored. <laughs> because you did something? No, because you are someone. He loves you for who you are. His grace, his unmerited favor is upon each of us and that status you can't run away from. You can reject it and you can reject its benefits, but we can't change the fact that we are highly favored. And Mary, when the, when the Holy Spirit and when uh, the angel made this declaration to her, she was changed. She understood things differently. And all of her life, you know, all generations will call me blessed, but this generation that I am will call her many different names and will push her out of society's circles because she broke the law. And sometimes you can't explain to people what they will not understand. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. From now on, all of us, all people will look at our life and call you blessed because they see God in you. <laughs> then, she goes, then she says, for the mighty one is holy. The mighty one is holy. <laughs> Here is the mighty one. The mighty one. The God, the creator of heaven and earth. The God who spoke the world into existence. The God who put the stars in place and created everything. Created us, breathed into us the breath of life. The mighty one is holy. And we would think, <laughs> he, we would think that that would shut us off or cut us off. He's holy, I'm not. <laughs> Wipe that out. Not so. He has done great things for me. So here's this poverty person, this poverty girl, saying what wonderful things God has done for her. 
what has he done for her? I mean, she's just conceived, you know, the Holy Spirit came upon her. It isn't, her life just didn't change at this moment. She was this same person before the Spirit came, before the, 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 the conception. You know, she didn't suddenly, wasn't this down in the mouth, down in the dumps. This, my world is never any good. The Romans are always occupying or taking away our food. We don't have enough food. I'm, the, I'm a bad person in our society. Everybody looks down on me. I'm no good. I can't. That wasn't Mary. That wasn't Mary. She somehow understood the grace and mercy of God to be greater than the Romans. The grace and mercy favor of God to be greater than the circumstances she was born in. She understood that God made promises to generations before. Back to Abraham. And God has been faithful throughout the generations and God will be faithful again. And this is the Mary that was highly favored. He shows mercy, verse 50. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him, to all who have a reverential awe. I mean, you can, can, you, can you feel as it were the soul of Mary, the person of Mary, saying that she, she, she reverences God. Not just because she has the, the you know, carrying the, the, the child. She reverences God because she recognizes him as holy. And he's the God of Israel. He's the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's the God who delivered them from Egypt. He's the God who took them through the Red Sea, brought them through the wilderness, brought them into the promised land. She, she, she saw this and believed this to be part of her life. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and the haughty. If people are putting you down, our human response, our natural response is to fight back. But Mary says, these people put me down. But that doesn't matter. God scatters the proud and the haughty ones. He has brought down princes and their thrones and exalted the humble. Humble. Those who see themselves as valuable in the eyes of God. <laughs> Humility is not, I'm a doormat, step on me. Humility is, I am all powerful, but I can serve the lowest of people. That's Jesus. Creator of heaven and earth, yet humble that he came and washed the feet of his disciples. That was the power of humility. And on the cross, they said they jeered him and come down from there. If you're really God, come down. His humility was, I'm doing the will of my Father. So that for the joy, this always rings through my mind, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy that Jesus saw when he was dying on the cross? And the joy that he saw was you and I forgiven of sin and being united with him. He, was filled, he, was, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He's letting them know that the wealthy don't have control of it. It's those who are in their hearts, the hungry for the good things. He has helped his servant Israel and remember to be merciful. Mercy. 
mercy, mercy, unmerited favor. He has remembered to allow his favor to be upon his children. For he made his promise to our ancestors. This is, again, it goes back to uh, that one verse, uh, verse 45. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. He hath made the promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary saw and understood what Elizabeth said to her. You are blessed because you believe. Mary says God's promise has been to our ancestors. From the very beginning you promised Abraham and you cannot break your promise. You will not break your promise as your promise was made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Israel and the 12 tribes and to Joseph in Egypt and the delivering from Egypt with Moses and the law as you have been faithful through all of these centuries, you will be faithful forever. So Mary saw the hand of God on her life, but the hand of God on her life was not so much for her, it was for all mankind. Humility, that we have such a tremendous gift. You have such a tremendous gift. No one is like you. No one has your possibilities, your potential. No one can take your place. You are highly favored of God. And he is allow- we are allowing his word to speak to our heart and it's birthed in us. It is conceived in our minds and our hearts of the good things that God will do for us. And he doesn't want us to undermine them by, I'm not that good, you know, society thinks I'm this, I don't have this talent. Throw that away. Mary, you are highly favored. And the reason, the reason you are blessed is because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So we sense the heart of Mary. She is someone just like us, but yet we are not quite like her. She was someone very, very special. But the characteristics of her are in all of us. And God is birthing his word in our lives. He's birthing his promises that we will live with him for eternity we have nothing to fear. That we are forgiven with our sins, we have nothing to interfere with our relationship with him. God has a plan for our life. Tomorrow, don't need to be afraid of it. God is with us. Amen? Amen. So, you are blessed. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord will do what he said. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we prepare our hearts to receive your Holy Spirit and to receive your word. And God, it will be a blessing to us because it will flow through us to touch the lives of others. There's no end to the possibilities. The blessing that will flow through us will be to us and to our children, to our grandchildren, to all the fourth and fifth generation. God, it will continue to flow. So let it begin with us. 
Let it begin with our praise and our adoration of you, knowing, Lord, that this day is a very special day in the kingdom of God because it is a day in which we know you called us to serve you. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you.